The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Purse strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, senior principal at Carmichael Lynch Spong. As she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Good afternoon and welcome to Purse Strings. I am Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings right here every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week you're going to learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending. The woman. Well, we're going to be talking today about women helping women. And there was an interesting article. Oh, it's been a while back now, probably a little later last year that came up on MSNBC.com by the author of Eve Timingly. Timingly. Gosh, I hope I'm pronouncing her last name correctly. But anyway, the title of the article was called Women Still Reluctant to Help Each Other. Subtitle says, Jealousy, Busy Lives Keep Many from Assisting Others in Career. And this really caught my eye, being a working woman and having mentors who have been very successful women and also wanting to mentor other women. I thought, well, this is interesting. What do you mean we're still kind of not wanting to help each other? Well, the author of this article called out some things that are kind of in our general populace as examples of this. Now, I don't know if you can really count real housewives as legitimate examples or not, but she did. She called out uh, a couple of the real housewives in New York City, Alex McCord and Gil Zarin, Jill Zarin, as being women who didn't want to help each other. She also called out a little bit more legitimate um, example, I thought at least, former Hewlett Packard CEO uh, and the Republican Senate candidate in California, who's facing, you know, who was facing at the time kind of this this battle against Senator Barbara Boxer, and it comes out that. Uh, the Hewlett-Packard, former CEO, was kind of dogging Senator Boxer's hair, calling it so yesterday. Of course, she clearly thought her microphone was off at the time. But nevertheless, it still happens, apparently. Um, the author calls out a 2007 study by Workplace Bullying Institute that found 37% of U.S. workforce reported being bullied at work. Among those were women who were more likely to target other women compared to men who, who bullied other men. Actually, that's 71% to 54%. According to an author who teaches gender studies at Marymount Manhattan College, Susan Shapiro-Barash, she says that women are apt to feel like there's not enough to go around for them and therefore need to kind of fight off other women for a smaller piece of the pie. She, according to her research, she says women are more apt to help other women if there's a larger age difference between them, say about 8 to 10 years, which I thought was interesting. When it comes to mentoring, we all know it's kind of more challenging to find women mentors than male mentors, and it seems that when it comes to preference, uh, we tend to prefer male mentors over female mentors, according to a study by the Department of uh, Graduate Professional Studies at Penn State University. 
Uh, sometimes it comes down to women sometimes just don't feel like they have enough power to be any of real assistance and women often estimate, underestimate or give away their power according to some experts and then others say you know what women are just too darn busy to help each other which is a darn shame I think so anyway I just thought that was interesting um, in light of the topic we're going to be talking about today successful women and how they got there our purse profile today is all about networking in fact it's the no coal Miller Networker. This is a woman in her late 40s to 50s, self-employed, owning a small, a small to mid-sized business, working full-time, making more than 60K with parent, with uh, either children in high school or college, so a little bit older kids. There's more than 1.5 million of these women in the United States today, like I said, average age of 45. And it's important that their family thinks that they're doing well. They, of course, are very, very good at juggling various tasks. And if they, they say, if you don't succeed, you just keep on trying. They live in the moment, take advantage of life. Um, how they spend their time is more important than money, they say, and you should seize opportunities. They value quality items, and they're open to trying new things. They're buying things at Nine West, Williams-Sonoma, Pier 1, Bloomingdale's, North they're, they're um, actually driving cars like Cadillac, Toyota, Volvo, Lexus, and Lincoln. And they're wearing Ralph Lauren and Taylor Calvin Klein and Chanel. When it comes to media choices, um, you know, they're reading kind of a variety of things, some entertainment, some educational things like entrepreneur, money, better homes and gardens, in style, first for women, Martha Stewart, living and escaping a little bit with People Magazine. They're watching We, CNN, Food Network, HBO, HGTV, and Discovery Channel, and online, eBay, Travelocity, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, MSN, Yellow Pages, MapQuest, and iVillage. Well, as I promised, we are talking about women helping women, and Dr. Marcia Firestone certainly knows about that. She is an award-winning founder and president of the Women's President's Organization, known as the WPO. It's for women who lead multi-million dollar businesses, and she oversees the strategic operations of more than 90 chapters, 90 chapters, focused on the organizational growth and empowering members to achieve increased business and financial success. Not only that, she's president and founder of the Women's President's Educational Organization, or the WPEO, and that's the New York and D.C. Regional Affiliates. It's the, nation's, the nation's leading third-party certificates on numerous boards and advisory councils. I don't know about you, but I'm just exhausted reading her bio. She sounds amazing, doesn't she? Well, when Purse Strings returns, we're going to talk to Dr. Firestone about women helping women get to that multi-million dollar business level. More will be returned in just a moment. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Two, one, booster ignition. Ascend into new heights of ranking and revenue with a search engine-friendly online shopping cart that's ready for liftoff. Introducing Ascender Cart. Ascender Cart optimizes your shopping cart with easy-to-use SEO tools that will help build keywords, titles, and tags for top search engine rankings. Get all of the advantages of having a shopping cart on your site and monitor your progress with regular reports in just a click. Prepare to launch your shopping cart to the top of the search engines with Ascender Cart. Learn more about what Ascender Cart can do for you at AscenderCart.com. A-S-C-E-N-D-E-R-C-A-R-T.com. From domains to digital marketing, social media to blogging, you can reach this broad audience by using what you're listening to now. 
reach the thousands of internet marketers that download and listen live to the premier on-air and on-demand podcast network, webmasterradio.fm, with the Internet Marketing Channel. Our ad campaigns are fully integrated with multiple avenues of exposure, from slick, effective 30-second commercials to detailed, informative 30-minute town hall meetings. Expose your products and services to listeners and podcasters of not just shows like Market Edge and Domain Masters, but anyone looking for ways to market their business with your product. Contact sales at webmasterradio.fm to find out more. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Ecom Experts, Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. First Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Welcome back to First Strings. Joining me today is Dr. Marsha Firestone, an award-winning speaker, author, and educator. She's the founder and president of the Women's Presidents Organization, known as the WPO, and is for women who lead multi-million dollar businesses. She also oversees the strategic operations of more than 90 chapters focused on the organizational growth and empowering members to achieve increased business and financial success. That's one of the many, many things Dr. Firestone does. But right now, she's on the show, and I'm so excited to have you, Dr. Firestone. Welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Really delighted to have you here and would love for you to share a little bit about the important work that you do there at the WPO. Well, I founded WPO. We're in our 14th year this year, and I founded it to help accelerate the growth of women-led companies. I uh, noticed that there was a big hole in the market and about um, 15 years ago that there were many programs for startup and young businesses but nothing for women who had already achieved some level of success. And so in order to join the WPO, you have to be uh, at least at a million in annual revenues if you're service-based, two million if you're product-based. And our whole mission is to help accelerate the growth of these companies. Average revenues currently are 13 million. Um, aggregate revenues are 14 billion. Uh, 90 chapters on four continents. We are not advocacy, we are not certification, we are not networking, we are an educational organization where the members actually learn from each other, and the uh, idea is to bring the genius out of the small groups that operate sharing information. Well, and I'm sure since you are an educational organization where the members do learn from each other, you've probably been able to track the growth of those businesses over time, I would imagine that they do learn quite a bit, and that's probably reflective in their revenues. Well, absolutely. Uh, we do a survey, what we call our Labor Day survey every year, and um, 80% reported in 2010 at the end of the year of the last quarter when we did the survey, 
80% had uh, grown or remained stable in 2010. And that is very significant because today um, in what's gone on in the economy the last few years, even remaining stable is a great accomplishment. No, that is huge. That's really quite a hallmark. I can't believe that, you know, staying flat year over year is amazing. To grow is just even more amazing. How in general have women-owned businesses kind of fared in the past couple of years, um, say, compared to men-owned businesses? Well, I don't really have the comparison statistic, but I can tell you that 80% of our members reported that they were optimistic about 2011. And the statistics that I reported before by saying that 80% grew or remained stable in 2010 were about 70% in 2009. So we've done pretty well. Uh, I think women are still generating less revenue than male-owned businesses, and that's something that we need to uh, accelerate. And, of course, that's one of the reasons WPO is around, is to help make that happen. Uh, Women came to the uh, game of entrepreneurship much later than, of course, men did in, in 1977, about 4.5% of the uh, privately held businesses were owned by women, and today that number is about 41%. So you see that there's been a great uh, growth, but we haven't yet matched the revenues of those businesses owned by men. One, 20% of the businesses owned by women gross uh, over a million. Wow. Yeah, it is hard to get over that $1 million mark. There's lots, I think, that hold us back in doing that. Sometimes it's ourselves. Sometimes it's our fund of availability to funding. But what do you think, conversely, has allowed women to kind of go over the million-dollar mark? What is it that's kind of pushed them over that edge? Well, we do a, every year for the last four years, we do a 50 fastest-growing uh, list, fastest-growing women-led companies. And we survey them and ask them, what is it that has helped them to really make it? And they report, first of all, to hire right so that they can build a good team and that without that team they can't do it. To be innovative, really come up with new ideas, new products, new services, but also new processes and new programs. It's not just the new product but how they deliver their services, their marketing. And finally, to be able to maintain the lead of the organization even when the environment is changing and the environment is difficult. Those were the answers that they supplied when we asked them to what do you attribute your success um, and, and becoming one of the 50 fastest growing businesses. Do you think that those kinds of things are the things that venture capitalists look for when they're, you know, they're doling out money? Um, I know that I've, I've heard other guests talk about venture capital money and how women having access to that can often be challenging. What are your thoughts on the availability of venture capital money and what are the implications on women trying to start their own businesses? Well, I'd like to answer that in two parts. First of all, I think that the VCs do definitely look at the team and, and what, what, who they are, what their skills are, what their integrity is, and what, what they can deliver. So I, I do think they're looking at um, the people who are going to run the company, the management. Uh, as far as women, the second part of the answer, 
and their access to venture capital dollars is is really much more limited than men. Um, about five or six years ago, five percent of venture capital dollars went to women. Today, that number is only seven percent. Mm-hmm. And and part of the research demonstrates that one of the big problems that women have is having other women inside the venture capital companies who can connect with them because the whole process of getting venture capital dollars is about um, building a network and expanding that network and, and developing connections, and one connection leads to another. And very often, um, women are not there to help them. Other women are not there in, internal to the venture capital company to help them with their growth. Interesting. So women, very much like we aren't as in the C-suite as much as we should be, we're not in the venture capital organizations as much. We're that's, not represented there. That's true. Therefore, it's that's grown a bit, but we certainly need much more of it now. Beyond venture capital money, what do you think is holding women back from getting over that million-dollar mark or, or, frankly, just being all that they can be? Well, I think the the three biggest challenges they have are the economy, uh, com- customer retention, and, and uh, dealing with the competition. But I, I think a, a main inhibitor is the lack of new markets. Um, one, uh, the WPEO is a regional affiliate uh, of WeBank, which provides certification of women-owned businesses that women are at least 51% owned, operated, managed, and controlled by a woman. And the reason that we do that is to help women go to new markets. And, you know, the, the sad fact is that women get about four or five percent of corporate contracts even today and even today in this climate where there's been such a tremendous growth in women-owned companies and women-led companies so it's still very difficult to break through the old boys network and to uh, achieve the opportunity to get uh, contracts from from major corporations, from Fortune 1000 corporations. I find that really interesting because I know I just have thought, frankly, that women-owned businesses were getting more breaks than they were, but that doesn't appear to be the case based on the statistic that you shared. Well, things have definitely improved, I would say, in the last uh, 10 years, last 15 years. There was a time when uh, dollars from corporate dollars were really oriented toward those women's organizations, for example, that um, focused on sick women, poor women, abused women, and they were not interested in helping women to strengthen um, themselves and their companies. I think there's been a change, and, and we've seen that change, but it's still not where we want to be. I think entrepreneur, being an entrepreneur as a woman is a great equalizer. I think it's a place where women can go as far as they want to go and as far as their good idea can lead them. Um, I, I think also that it is the major story where women are, are the most successful. 
I don't think that the place where women are most successful is in the corporate world. Hmm. And why, why is that, do you think, Dr. Firestone? I believe that, um, well, first of all, I think it's about 40% of the managerial jobs uh, are in, within corporations go to women, but only 15% of top management go to women. So they're still trying to break that glass ceiling. And yet, if they go out on their own and they have a good idea and they're committed and they grow the company, they have an opportunity to go as far as their heart desires. Mm -hmm. But where the media seems to focus, and I'm glad to see that you're not one of those, (laughs) is (laughs) on um, women in corporations rather than women who are out doing it on their own. And I think that's the real story. Well, and I just know having looked at statistics, you know, entrepreneurship in general is growing, especially among millennials. And I think we're going to see, maybe you have data to support this as well, but more and more uh, women-owned businesses uh, emerging because that's just kind of the mindset of the millennials, Um, you know, as they seek to balance quality of life. Um, and, and kind of uh, having a bigger investment in um, experiences and activities over necessarily monetary payback. It's just been an interesting kind of divergence, I think, between Boomer and Gen X to see what's going on in millennials. So I'm projecting outward, Dr. Firestone, to think that in the future we're going to see continue to see this growth trajectory of women-owned businesses, and it's going to be spurred on by millennials as they seek to create their own. I don't know, again, this is conjecture on my part, but I don't know if you've got any data to support that. Well, I, I do have the statistic that was uh, released a couple of years ago about 75% of the young women graduating from college indicate that at some point they want to start their own business. So that would be consistent with your information. But there's a long way between the dream and the implementation. And, for example, our average age, just in terms of the multimillion-dollar issue, is our average age is 49. So that means that there are a number of women under 49, but there are plenty (laughs) over 49, too. And it takes a while to, to grow that business to get it to be really um, as large as uh, large enough certainly to be part of the WPO. Oh, absolutely, yeah. That's a select group of people belonging to WPO, that's for sure. Well, we're going to take a quick break, Dr. Firestone, and when we return, I do want to talk a little bit about you and what helps you get to where you are today, and then also a little bit about mentorship. To your point earlier, this is not a mentoring group. But clearly, um, the lack of women mentors, as I mentioned at the top of the show, may have an impact on our ability to learn from other women. Um, so we'll talk more about that when Purse Strings returns in just a moment. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. MySEOTool.com is your all-in-one SEO management resource. MySEOTool.com makes it easy to optimize and oversee all of your SEO efforts. Line-by-line detailed reports help you identify any problems and show you how to fix them. MySEOTool.com is completely automated. Once you use it, you will see a rise in your search rankings and traffic. Try MySEOTool risk-free today. Go to MySEOTool.com. MySEOTool.com. 
SEO is like a roulette wheel, hoping that you put in the right meta tags and keywords on your page so that your site lands on the top spot. Don't just take the gamble. Go with the sure thing. The premier business-to-business on-air and on-demand podcast network, webmasterradio.fm. We can place the right keywords and messages from a 30-second spot to a 30-minute monthly special. Plus, we give you the banner ads, links, and placement to bring you more traffic from not just search marketing pros listening to our SEO channel, but from all of our listeners and podcasters searching for you. Contact sales at webmasterradio.fm for consultation today. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. Weapons of Mass Marketing, presented by RavenTools.com. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. And we're back. Joining me today is Dr. Marcia Firestone, founder and president of the WPO, which is the Women's President's Organization. And that's for women who lead multi-million dollar businesses. She's also the president and founder of the Women President's Educational Organization, the WPEO, the New York and D.C. regional affiliates of the Women's Business Enterprise National Council. And we've been spending our time today talking about the WPO and also some of the challenges facing women trying to get to that multi-million dollar mark getting over that million dollar mark um some of the things that that kind of challenge us within the workplace but more um in growing our own businesses and i wanted to take just a moment to talk a little bit about mentoring as you said at the top of the show the wpo is not about mentoring it's about um educating uh women to grow their businesses but i am curious what role do you think mentoring plays in getting smart about business and especially when I'm talking about women being mentors and having enough mentors. Do you think that we have enough mentors, Dr. Firestone, and do you think we're seeking out the right mentors? Um, I think we have more mentors than we certainly did when I was growing up. I, I grew up in Mobile, Alabama, and I can assure you that I did not have a single role model uh, mentor to, to emulate. And, and when I uh, finished with graduate school and and my other experiences, I, I, I developed some mentors, um, one or two along the way, including Margaret Mead, which is kind of an interesting story. But Oh, fascinating. I, sh- <laughs> I wish we had more time. I'd love to hear more about that. <laughs> oh, maybe another time. <laughs> we can talk about that. But um, I think that women are becoming um, much more aware of how important it is to be a role model, to be a mentor, but I think with entrepreneurial women especially, they find it very difficult to deliver because they're so busy focusing on running their business that it becomes <clears throat> complicated for them to give up that time. Um, I think that there are mentors for women who are men as well, and I don't want to leave them out because they are an important resource for us, especially in the corporate world that they can be very helpful to women 
and that other women are not the only resource to to be a mentor. Well, that's absolutely true. I think one of the best mentorships out there is what Best Buy does. And I'm sure you've probably heard all about the wolf packs that they've developed and had um, going on now for several years very successfully. But it involves a male mentor to women, absolutely. Um, So I think that there are models out there of of men being mentors to women and and it being incredibly worthwhile. I am curious, with just a few minutes that we have left today, you mentioned Margaret Mead, so I think that's absolutely fascinating. I'm curious what really helped you get where you are today. You're clearly incredibly uh, successful leading, you know, multi-million dollar women having to serve, I'm sure, as a mentor to many of them. What tips can you share with other women seeking to lead multi-million dollar businesses as well? After you tell me a little bit, a little bit more about how you got where you are today, Dr. Firestone. Well, two or three tips that I would uh, think are very important is, first of all, to be innovative. Uh, these came from our members, by the way. What, what I asked them, you know, to what do you attribute your success? And One is saying being very innovative, having good ideas, new ideas, and continuing to have those ideas. Secondly, to stay focused. Um, I think that that one early demise or even late demise is a business um, are getting or spreading yourself too thin and your business too thin and taking on too much. So staying focused on what the mission is, being clear that uh, about your mission and that there is a need for what you do. Sometimes people come to me and they say, I have this idea, and I say, have you really gone out and done a little covert market research to find out if there's a need? And they say no. And I say, well, the very first step is to make sure that there is a need for this. Um, And if not, then, you know, just because you like the idea doesn't mean that it's going to be well-received by the people who have the money to pay for it. Thirdly, I always advise getting the right professional help, uh, attorneys, accountants to help you from the very beginning set up the processes that you need to run the company and to run it um, in a structured and professional way because we make so many mistakes when we fail to do that that can be very expensive for us later on. And finally, and perhaps most importantly, is being able to keep the fire in your heart burning on those days when it's tough to move ahead. Uh, Not every day is a good day. And uh, being able to say to yourself, okay, this this was a bad day, but I'm able to move move along and and keep going and, and not get discouraged and not get depressed and not quit. But um, keep moving ahead, even though uh, it's been one of those days that, um, or one of those weeks, or one of those months that you don't ever want to see again. Right. Well, very, very good words of advice. Taking that long-term um, view of your business and not treating it like you know, like the stock market. You want to take a long-term view for success, right? Not short-term. Right. Right. Um, well, thank you so much for joining me today. I think great, great words of advice there. And for people who would like to know more about the WPO, please log on to womenpresidentsorg.com. Is that the right place, Dr. Firestone? Women, women presidents with the S on the presidents, womenpresidentsorg.com. Perfect. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Enjoyed being there.
Thank you. And thank you to my producer, George, for another great show. And join me next week for another edition of Purse Strings right here Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. I'll be speaking with Heather Bushy and Anna Leary from the Center for American Progress. They're the co-authors of a recent report called Our Working Nation, How Women's Progress is Reshaping America's Families and Economy. And, of course, it explores how women's transformative move from the home into the workplace has impacted everything, and I mean everything, and the policy changes that need to happen to accommodate the shift in our society. You may know, this may sound a little bit familiar, it is a companion report to the Maria Shriver report that we talked about last year called A Women's Nation Changes Everything. So, excited to have the CPA back on the program. We'll be talking about this topic right here next week on Purse Strings. Until then, make it a great one.